Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Bitsy. Often bit, Molly's right-hand gal and very hungry co-host on the show. Very hungry? Very hungry. Ugh, it's a whole story, Molly, but I'll tell you about it later. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all of our ingredients to cook a very special mystery recipe together. So far, we know it uses salt, heavy cream, butter, and sugar. Can you guess what it is yet? It's day three of Sugar Week, and today's episode is going to be pretty chill. We have another cold experiment in our pressing questions segment today. Followed by some familiar pals in our wild card. I can't wait to hear from them again. Ah, I'm so excited. Well then, let's get to it. But first, it's time for our theme song. Looks good. I bet it tastes good. What I'm calling Lunchbox Watch 2000. Mystery recipe. So, Mitzi, why are you so hungry? Well, Molly, something really sad and unexpected has been happening to my lunches. Sad and unexpected? Yes. So I bring a packed lunch every day in my very cute Alexander the Scallion lunchbox. Love that lunchbox. Thank you. But... For the past two days in a row, by the time it gets to my lunch break and I go to get Alexander from the break room, he's empty. What? Yeah. My lunch keeps going missing, Molly. I hate to think that one of our very own co-workers, someone we both know and love and trust, is eating my carefully packed lunch right under my nose. That sounds stressful. I'm sorry, Mitzi. It's just especially hard because it's got to be someone we're very close to, you know? I love everyone who works here. I can't imagine Chad, Andrea, or even (gasps) Molly. Molly, Molly, Molly. Yes, Mitzi? It would be the perfect crime. I would never think that my very own best friend in the whole wide world would be the one sneaking by lunches. Are you saying I'm a suspect, Mitzi? Everyone is a suspect. Who is a mitt supposed to trust when innocent lunches keep going missing during the old nine to five? I'm sorry, Molly. Please don't take this the wrong way. But this is now officially an open investigation. And I have to run down every lead and exhaust all possibilities. Well, how are you going to do that, Mitzi? I have an idea. It's a long shot, but it just might work. I'll be back, Molly. All right. Well, while you do that, I think it's time for our first segment, Pressing Questions. Pressing Questions, listeners, is a segment where we answer a question from a young chef using science. Here's how it will work. We are going to talk to a kid recipe tester in their home and go step-by-step through each part of an experiment. And when we're done and our episode is over, we encourage all of you to recreate this science for yourselves in your own recipe labs. And don't forget to tell us how it went. You can send us an email at mysteryrecipe at americastestkitchen.com. All right, let's get started with today's question. Why are ice cubes hard while ice cream is soft and scoopable? 
What an excellent question, Tommy and Grace, ages 9 and 10 from Hingham, Massachusetts. Should make for a great experiment. Here's what you'll need if you want to try this experiment at home. Masking tape and marker. Three small plastic containers, all the same size, 6 to 8 ounces each. We used 8-ounce shallow deli containers, but leftover clean yogurt cups or paper cups would also work. Just don't use glass containers or they might crack in the freezer. Warm water, liquid measuring cup, medium bowl, sugar, quarter cup and half of a cup measuring cups, a whisk, small baking sheet or tray, which is optional, a freezer, and a spoon. In order to get the scoopable science behind this experiment, I called up Grace and Tommy to get their help. Hi, Grace and Tommy. How are you guys? Hi, we're doing good. Good. I'm so happy to have you here to help us with this experiment. All right, so we are trying to find out today what makes some frozen things hard, like ice, while other frozen things are scoopable, like ice cream. In order to find out, we are going to freeze three different containers of water and compare them to each other. All right, Grace and Tommy, are you guys ready to get started? Yes. Yes. Amazing. Let's get to it then. So to start, you can go ahead and make three masking tape labels that say three different things. Okay. All right, so the three labels will need some tape and a marker, and one will say water only. All right, the second one will say some sugar. And then the third one will say equal water plus sugar. All right, you have all that written down? Yep. Yep. Perfect. So now you've put them on your three small plastic containers that are all the same size. Nicely done. Next up, we're going to use a liquid measuring cup to measure out a half a cup of warm water and pour it into the first container marked water only. Perfect. So. We'll set that one aside for now. Next, measure out another half a cup of warm water and pour it into a medium bowl. And now you want to add a quarter cup of sugar to it and whisk them together until it's all dissolved, which might take about a minute. Yep. Uh, so. Okay, we're done. Yep, we're good. Amazing. So now we're going to let that sit for just like two minutes until it looks totally clear. Hey, Molly! What's up, Mitzi? So, I set up a good old-fashioned stakeout. I'm going to sit in the corner of the break room, and so I should be able to spot anyone who tries to sneak in and steal my food. Ugh, I can't believe it's come to this. I can't either, Mitzi. There must be some other explanation. I can't imagine anyone who works here purposefully stealing your food. Huh. Interesting you should say that. Did you just write that down? What did you write? Oh, nothing, nothing. Everything is a clue, Molly. Okay, I have to go stake out the fridge. I'll be back, Molly. Just be careful. Huh. Interesting. You should say that. All right, Grace and Tommy. It's been about three minutes. Uh, Yeah, is is it looking clear? Yeah, I can see the bottom. Uh, Now you can go ahead and measure a half a cup of this mixture from the bowl and pour it into your container marked some sugar. Um, that's good. That's good. Really nice work. So we have one mixture left to go. All right, so Grace and Tommy, you can go ahead and measure out 
one more half a cup of warm water. And then you can actually empty that medium bowl that has a little bit left of the some sugar and water because we'll use that again for this. So measure out another half cup of warm water and you can pour it into that now empty medium bowl. Perfect. And so you can add the remaining half cup of sugar and whisk until it's all dissolved again. Yay, amazing. All right, so we're going to let this sit again for two to three minutes until it looks clear. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Perfect. Um, So, yeah, you can get rid of the remaining mixture in that bowl. And so now all three containers should look equal with a half a cup of liquid in each of them. Amazing. So next up, we are going to place the containers in the freezer. Uh, You guys can set them all on a small baking sheet or tray first to make it easier to transport them or keep them level. So you can do that or just put them in the freezer. Perfect. All right. So we're going to freeze these three scientific samples overnight in the freezer. But before we fast forward to that, it is time to make a prediction. What do you guys think will happen to each of the containers in the freezer? What will they look like after being frozen overnight? We think that the one with just water, I think it's going to be just like an ice cube in the bowl. And then for the water... The water and some sugar. I think it's going to be kind of like sorbet, not very scoopable. And I think the one with equal parts water and sugar is going to be kind of like ice cream. Like, you can scoop it. Amazing. So what do you think the sugar is doing in there? I think the sugar is making it, like, Mm. more scoopable, and I think it's making it, like, a bit softer. Mm -hmm. I love your thoughts here. Whoa, what's going on there, Mitzi? Molly, I was talking to Chad about my whole dilemma, and he was acting... Very suspicious, might I add. How so? Well, he kept saying he felt so bad that someone kept stealing my lunches. And he offered to give me his sandwich since I hadn't eaten. Oh, yeah, that's totally suspicious. But he did have an idea of what I could do to catch this lunch napper. He helped me rig up this, what I'm calling Lunchbox Watch 2000. That looks like a small camera taped to your lunchbox. That is exactly what this is. This way, after I pack my lunch tonight, I'll hit record, and there's no way I'll miss whoever's sneaking in here and taking my sandwiches. Sounds like a good plan to me, Mitzi. I hope it works. Me too. I'm running out of options here. I'll let you know how it goes, Molly. All right. Well, I think all that's left for us to do at this point is fast forward to tomorrow. But before we do, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grownups, these ads are for you. I'm excited to tell you about our latest partner, Go Noodle. Go Noodle shares videos and games that get kids up and moving and develop their wellness, mental health, and resilience. They are in millions of homes and more than 90% of U.S. public and private elementary schools. And now you and your kids can find videos from ATK Kids on their website that make exploring the science behind food and cooking fun. 
Together, we are excited to encourage a new generation of empowered cooks, engaged eaters, and curious experimenters with videos all about recipes, experiments, and other dynamic kitchen how-tos. Kids love Go Noodle because it's fun. Teachers love it because it engages students. And we think you'll love it too. To learn more, visit GoNoodle.com. Molly. Chad, I wanted to tell our listeners all about the complete cookbook for young scientists. This book answers the big food questions that kids want to know through fun and accessible science experiments that they can do at home, plus a ton of tasty and doable recipes that help demonstrate the concepts. So instead of just saying that, I thought we could try one of the experiments from the book. That sounds amazing. Let's do it. So in this experiment... We're going to learn where bubbles in a bottle of soda come from by dropping two different objects into glasses of seltzer and observing how they affect the seltzer's bubbliness. Okay, so you're just going to drop that grape into your glass of cold seltzer and then tell me what happens. Okay, here I go. A little bubbly. They're kind of just sticking to the grape. All right, let's try the raisin. Interesting. Yeah, so the raisin is bubbling. And those bubbles are kind of making their way towards the surface. What's the reason? You're going to have to read about it in the complete cookbook for young scientists available wherever books are sold. And we're back. And it's tomorrow. It's actually today for us, just to clarify, but a day later than when you heard from us last. Any Lunchbox Watch 2000 updates, Mitzi? Not yet, but my lunch is once again missing. Oh, no. Oh, yes. That means somewhere in the 12 hours of footage I captured, we should have our thief caught red-handed. Or maybe yellow-handed, since I use a lot of mustard on my mustard sandwiches. Chad is combing through the footage now to see what he finds. So it's only a matter of time until we hear back. Hey, how come you trust Chad to watch the footage, but I'm on the suspect list? Excellent point, Molly. I actually set up this other camera here so I can watch Chad watching the footage. I call it the Chad Watch 2000. Where are we getting the budget for all these cameras? Uh, I'm just borrowing them from the video team. They said I can use as many as I want as long as I say... Grown-ups, if you want more fun food content from ATK Kids, check out our YouTube channel by heading to atkkids.com slash YouTube. Nice. While we wait to see how all this plays out, let's finish up with our experiment. Tommy and Grace, are you there? Hi, everyone. It's been 12 hours, and now we're checking the water-only mixture, and we're using a spoon to poke and stir and kind of, like, scrape it. So, let's see. Ice solid. It's rock solid. It turned into ice. So, now let's look at the some sugar mixture. You can kind of, like, scrape it, like sorbet, and, like, a little bit will come off. Yeah. And But it's still kind of like ice, and it's kind of, like, white and, like, like almost, like, foggy. Next, let's try the equal parts water and sugar. It's kind of, like, scoopable. It's ice cream, basically. It, and because we put more sugar in this one, it, like softened it up, but 
Anyway, I think that the sugar, like the more or less you add, it makes it like scrapable or scoopable. And since there's no sugar in the water only, it's like just an ice cube because water is like the only ingredient in ice cubes. We learned that the more sugar you add, the more like scoopable it becomes. Yeah. We got pretty similar results when we tried this experiment in our recipe lab. We found that the plain water was frozen solid. The water with a quarter cup sugar was also pretty solid, but a bit easier to scrape. And the water that was equal parts water and sugar was basically scoopable, almost like an Italian ice you might get from the grocery store. But the real question is, why? And the answer is all about freezing points. Uh, freezing points? Molly, what's a... Freezing point. Well, Mitzi, different liquids freeze and become solids at different temperatures. A freezing point is the temperature at which liquid becomes solid. You may have heard that the freezing point of water is 32 degrees Fahrenheit or zero degrees Celsius. At that temperature, liquid water becomes solid ice, like we saw in our all-water container. But when you add something to the water, in this case sugar, it lowers the freezing point. How, Molly? This part gets a bit complicated. Water molecules are made of two types of atoms, or building blocks. One oxygen atom and two hydrogen atoms. These molecules usually move around. But when water molecules are cold, they move around less. Instead, they start to move towards each other, and the hydrogen atoms form bonds or try to connect to the oxygen atom of the next water molecule over. These hydrogen bonds create a solid structure that we call ice. Huh. So the atoms inside water move around, but when they get cold, they form bonds and become ice. Correct. But when we dissolved sugar into that water, it introduced new molecules. Those sugar molecules move around too and make it harder for the water molecules to form hydrogen bonds. Plus, sugar solutions can't freeze solid. So our sugar mixture actually consists of microscopic crystals of frozen water surrounded by sugar syrup, which gives them their scoopable texture. This is how things like ice cream and popsicles can be frozen and delicious without being rock solid. Interesting. All thanks to sugar? Partially thanks to sugar. Often there are a lot of other ingredients in these treats, too. But, Tommy and Grace, if you want, you can taste your experiment. And thank you so much for all your help today. Thank you. Bye. Hey, uh, Mitzi? Oh, Chad! Hey, how's it been going reviewing the Lunchbox Watch 2000 cam footage? Did we catch our lunch napper red-handed? You could say that. What does that mean? Well, you're going to want to come and see this, Mitzi. Molly, maybe you can come too? Mitzi, before we go, do you mind if we throw it to our last segment first? We're almost done with today's episode. Okay, but the anticipation is killing me. And so is my stomach. Oh, I am so hungry. We'll get to the bottom of this in just a moment. But first, it's time for our wild card. Every week, we like to end things off with something wacky. And this week is no different. We have our friends, the Pet Pals, back this week for a brand new, very sweet adventure. Enjoy! Once upon a time, there were three best friends. Shedrick the dog, Meowtilda the cat, and Cracker the parrot. They lived in Pleasantville. 
in the happiest part of town on the sunniest side of the street. But Shedrick was bored. It's always so perfectly happy and sunny here. What should we do today? I don't know if I could stand another perfect ribbit. Another perfect happy ribbit. Another perfect happy sunny ribbit. Excuse you, Meow Tilda. Ribbit. That wasn't me. You're the one with all the gas, Shadrick. Ribbit. Hey, I don't think those are burps. It sounds like it's coming from just behind the sugar cube factory. Well, this sounds like an adventure to me. Not so fast, Shadrick. Every time we go on an adventure, something frightening happens. And I don't want to mess up this perfect hair day I'm having. I think... Ribbit. I said, I think I... Ribbit. Oh, that's it. How rude. What's the matter, Meow Tilda? Well, whatever is making that noise keeps interrupting me. And it's honestly quite hard to take a catnap with all of that racket. Sounds like we might have to go investigate? Ugh, all right, let's go. But once things start getting hairy, I'm turning right around this time. Don't count on me to save the day again. All right, come on. The sound's coming from behind the sugar cube factory. So the three pet pals left their perfect porch to see what was causing all this ruckus. And as they got closer and closer to the sugar cube factory, the noise grew louder and louder. (gasps) Look! I think it's coming from that field of crops behind the factory. What is that? It looks like bamboo. They're long green stalks, almost 10 feet high, with leaves on tops that look like swords. I've never seen this plant before. Is that where this noise is? Ribbit. Must protect. Ribbit. Protect the sugar cane. Ribbit. Look, there's a toad. And that's my cue to leave. Count me out of this one, pals. I... Ribbit. Ribbit. Protect the cane. Ribbit. Protect the sugar cane. There's so many of these big, ugly toads. Ribbit, that was harsh. Ugh, so- sorry, ugly was a mean thing to say. Protect the sugar cane. The pet pals were surrounded. There were close to a hundred toads circling them, slowly moving in on Shedrick, Meowtilda, and Cracker, who were quickly starting to panic. <laughs> Until... Cracker had an idea. Wait a second. I can fly! That's great for you, Cracker, but we can't. Now, Tilda, this might not be the most fun, but I think if I grab onto your collar, I can help fly you to safety. But what about Shedrick? He's much too heavy for you to carry, Cracker. Don't worry about me, my friends. I can run and jump faster and farther than any of these toads. I'll find my own way out. You two should go while you still can. All right. Well, you hurry too, Shedrick. Ugh, I told you we should have never left our porch. Hang on, Maltilda. I've got you. Ugh, this is uncomfortable. And with that, Cracker and Maltilda flew off back towards their perfect porch. 
which left Shedrick to find his own way to safety. By now, the number of toads had grown even more, and there wasn't any room for Shedrick to jump around or find his way out. So he tried to reason with them. Friends, listen, I don't know what you're trying to protect, but I promise I was not going to harm anything. We were just coming to see what all the riveting was about. Protect the sugarcane. What even is sugarcane? Sugarcane is a plant, Ribbit. It's used by the factory to make sugar for cubes, Ribbit. They brought us here to protect the sugarcane, Ribbit. But I'm not going to hurt the sugarcane, or you. I don't want to hurt anyone. Must protect sugarcane, Ribbit. The toads were closing in fast on Shedrick, who could only whimper. He thought he was done for. Then, at the very last possible moment, he heard a great big whoosh. Ribbit, uh-oh. A great horned owl had silently flown up right next to Shedrick, and with a few powerful flaps of their giant wings, blew a path of toads clear out of Shedrick's way. Run! Shedrick knew not to ask any questions. They flew ahead of him, flapping their wings and clearing a path for him through the sugarcane field until Shedrick was safely clear of the toads. Oh, thank you. Wow, that was a close one. I can't thank you enough. Shedrick! to go back and find you. No, I'm okay. Thank you, though. I made it out all thanks to, uh, sorry, what's your name? I'm Shedrick, and these are my friends, Meow Tilda. Hello. And Cracker. Hi. My name is Gukukuo. You saved my life. Those toads are no joke. No, they aren't. Those are cane toads. Cane toads? Yes, and they are poisonous. Any animal who tries to bite one could die. They weren't here before. Do you know where those cane toads came from? The owners of the sugar cube factory brought them to these fields in order to protect their sugar cane from pests and insects. But they aren't from this area, and so none of the animals who live here can eat them. They have no predators, and so there is no one who can stop them from taking over. Taking over? That's right. In the forest, nature is all about balance. The frog eats the fly, the snake eats the frog, the owl eats the snake. We all balance each other out so no one animal can take over. But this frog is different. This frog is poisonous, and so the balance of the forest is thrown off. That's terrible. Well, what will we do? There's nothing we can do. We didn't bring these frogs here. It's the people from the sugar cube factory who need to act. They need to remove these frogs and help the balance of our forest return. So we just have to sit here and watch these frogs take over? No, we have to just keep living. We do what we can to keep as much balance in the forest as possible. That's how I knew how to save you. The problem is new to you three, but it's not as new as you might think. It's not new to me. And besides learning how to avoid the toads and how to survive around them and in spite of them, there's nothing else for me to do but go on living. There's nothing else the animals of the forest can do but wait and hope. Well, we'll hope with you then. Yeah, 
We'll hope that the humans solve this toad infestation and bring balance back to the forest. In the meantime, while we wait and hope and go on living, we do have a pretty comfortable and perfect porch. If you want, you can come rest there with us anytime. That's kind of you. Thank you all. And though it is not a happy ending, it is the end of our story nonetheless. The pet pals made room and shared their porch with the animals of the forest and never forgot the kindness that their newfound friend had shown them. And they waited and hoped together that their perfect sunny days would soon come back again. Wow, Bolly, that sure was a serious story. It was, Mitzi. It's based on truth, too. Cane toads and other invasive species of animals are a big problem in many parts of our country and around the world as well. Grinups will leave a link in our show notes to the Nature Conservatory, where you can read more about how you can help where you live. All right, tough transition here, but uh, Chad, we're ready. Walk us through some of this footage, please. I need to know who did it. All right, so Mitzi, here's where the footage starts. Sandwiches, sandwiches, I make sandwich, sandwich, sandwiches. Me singing my sandwiches sandwich, song sandwich, and packing up my lunchbox. Sandwiches, sandwiches, right, I and then we sandwiches. fast forward about four hours. We catch the lunch napper red-handed? Sort of. We catch the lunch napper pink-handed, Mitzi. Here, at about two in the morning, you open the fridge again. What? I don't remember that at all. I slept soundly through the night. Did you have any dreams that you can remember, Mitzi? Well, now you mention it. Yes, I think the last few nights I've had this strange dream about a mustard monster. It's always an epic battle, but I defeat them in the end. Oh. Yeah, here we can see in this footage you defeating the mustard monster and eating your entire lunch in your sleep. Well, I guess that solves that mystery. I'm sorry, Mitzi. Sorry? Why are you sorry, Chad? This is amazing news. It is? Of course it is. It means none of my coworkers, whom I love so very much, are actually secret lunch-napping criminals. I knew there had to be some explanation. The real lunch-napper was right under my nose the whole time. Me! That's true. Problem solved, Mitzi. Well, almost. How do you think you'll stop your sleep-eating dilemma? Well, I'm going to have to come up with a new way of defeating the mustard monster, I guess. Oh, maybe I can try befriending them instead. And together, we can go on all kinds of condiment adventures. Golly, this is going to be a whole new chapter for us. Glad to hear it, Mincy, because we are out of time for today, which means we've come to the end of Sugar Week. And what a week it was! We learned all about the invention of the sugar cube, how maple syrup is made, and how sugar lowers the freezing point of water. We'll be back next week to talk about another brand new ingredient. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we've talked about salt, heavy cream, butter, and sugar. Tune in next week to find out what our fifth ingredient will be. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend. 
and give us a review. We love the stars, and I like playing that little spot the difference game. Oh, so difficult. Until next time. Keep Keep on on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am Roasted Salted Cashews. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a big barrel of cheese puffs. Andrea Vavjin is a white cheddar Cheez-It, and Katie O'Hara is a goldfish cracker, and they are both contributing writers on our show. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Chester Guazda, an apple, and Matt Boynton, a salt and vinegar potato chip of ultraviolet audio. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and his popcorn. Our director of post-production is Jen Margolis. She is a Twix. Our director of production is Diane Knox, who is also salsa. Fact-checking by Julia Arwin, a nacho cheese Dorito. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher, and she's a spicy pickle. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a tortilla chip. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a chocolate-covered pretzel. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, art director, Gabby Hominoff, deputy food editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Andrea Vavjin, Katie O'Hara, and Tess Berger, editorial assistant, Julia Arwin, Photo test cook Ashley Stoyanov and test cook Faye Yang. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Yorgos Sivernides, Caroline Rickert, Jack Bishop, Andrea Vavjin, Calvin Joyle, and Yumi Araki. Thanks again to our sponsors, Driscoll's, the National Mango Board, and Green Pan. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. By the way, Mitzi, I'm a big fan of your sandwich-making song. Really? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I can't get it out of my head. Sandwiches, sandwiches, I'm making sandwiches. Sandwiches, sandwiches, I'm making sandwiches. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. Thank you.